podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. State of mind. I'm Paul John Bikes, and on this happy Monday, I'm joined by Amy Canavan and Tony Haggerty. Welcome. We are the League Cup winning Celtic under Ange Postecoglou, and you know we really need to do a deep dive in the last six months. That's though that's the length of time he's been here. But just before we came online, I'll come to you first, Amy. I'm saying to Tony, today is one year, exactly one year since the Hearts Cup final, the quadruple treble cup final, right? And we were doing our charity weekender that weekend and only three players started yesterday's game who started that game a year ago. So on personnel alone, what a turnaround in terms of Ange Postecoglou and what he's had to do. Um, how incredible is it really when you look at that performance in the victory yesterday that Ange Postecoglou's done it in just six months? Can, you know, when you compare the performances of last season, I don't really think you can sum it up, to be honest. Um, I don't think words will do it justice right now. Again, I bet it's going to be mentioned a million times today, but I think like emotions are still so high and raw, even the the morning after. Um, and I don't. I think it does take like a few days for it, like to actually to really appreciate kind of the achievement that has been made. And it will take you know to probably recall memories of last year and recall you know, what Ange Postecoglou did walk into. Now, we all know that absolute catastrophe that he did. He, he did, you know, he turned up at, um, from right at the very top to right at the very bottom, the overhaul of players. Um, so when you put all that together, it does take, it'll probably be after the show, actually, that I'll actually, you know, probably appreciate it more and more because you'll outline things, Tony will outline things, the viewers will come in, and everyone's got that little moment that you thought, my God, that's when we're in trouble. Now, and I know the both of you, you really, obviously, you lived through the 90s and you went through that kind of like trophyless phase. But I had a real concern around this time last year thinking, like, I, I am one of those glorified Celtic fans. And I know people like to call me that because I have went through, my whole life Celtic has just been so, so successful. And I appreciate that. And I have been rather lucky. This time last year, I worried. I'm like, my God, I don't know. I've never really went a year with Celtic winning absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, you can call me, like I say, it is a little bit glorified and very lucky, but it was a worry. But, you know, Andrew Postecoglou has totally put all my worries to sleep. Um and now you've just got to to enjoy everything because I, I do think this will be the first of many 
it's, it's his style. And you just think, wow, this is what he's managed to do within six months of a really turbulent six months, never mm. having a real first team at his disposal um, or, or certainly not having a, a full selection of players, not really getting to implement his own players in, you know, Kyogo is the obvious. But other than that, he's not delved into that Japanese market that we think he's going to, to go back into, which he, he has alluded to more and more um, as, as the months go on. So you just think, wow, once this guy gets all the back in or as much back in as the club will certainly give him, where can we go? See, the thing, Amy, um, I do joke with Declan because it's generational um, <laughs> that you were at a game once where we lost a corner, I think, and that, that was your worst experience as a oh. Celtic fan. Um, yeah, I mean, living through the 90s is great. I think that's what came, uh, that, that's what developed the Celtic da uh, terminology, Tony, and that's fair enough. I mean, uh, adversity can galvanise you, can't it? But so can success, and yesterday's success you talk about a galvanisation effect and we, we've thrown back to the Vim Janssen season, Tony, a couple of times in the last few months. It's absolutely pivotal. It cannot be underestimated just how important yesterday's cup victory was, can it? We want Ange as our leader. Ange is a man of class. We want Ange as our leader. I'll stand and raise your champagne glass. It's a chorus from a madness song called Drip, Shed, or Drip Dead Red. Just a... Uh, Rearrange the lyrics there. Yeah, I mean, he's done a remarkable job. Absolutely remarkable. He inherited a shambles. He inherited a, a burning building, really, didn't he? And, on his Todd. Aye, on his Todd. And like a phoenix from those flames, he, he's given the Celtic supporters a pride back in their club. Sorry, Tony, when you say phoenix for the flames, I just think back to Tommy Gemmell in fantasy football. Yeah, Remember? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't thing. think they were expecting him to boot him as hard as he did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's just given everybody. He called it there. It's a happy Monday. I mm. said it in another podcast. I was on it. Every Celtic supporter waking up tomorrow, today, sorry, is just swelling with pride. And the biggest pride that they have is in their manager, who flew halfway across the world, didn't ask any questions because he'd an unerring faith in his own ability. <laughs> he knew he could do it. Didn't question anything. Just said, yeah, I'll take this on. Give me time, trust me. And he has did it his way. Pulled an absolute shocker yesterday with Kyogo starting. That decision was vindicated. Mm -hmm. Everybody's team pre-selection, nowhere near that starting 11 that Ange put out yesterday. Experts, pundits who are fans, nobody would have picked that team yesterday. He did, and he did it for a reason. He knew he could win the cup, and that's exactly what he did. And if if you back this man to the hilt, then you will reap the rewards that follow. Because mm -hmm. as I say, he's got an unflinching and unerring faith in his own ability, and he knows what he's doing, and you feel confident in his hands, and you do trust him. You know, you just that's the big thing now. The, the, the bond that was created yesterday was incredible when he showed the trophy off to the fans. It was just one of those moments and cup finals come and go. Some some just kind of, you, you just disappear into the ether. That will never disappear into the ether because that will linger long in the memory of every Celtic supporter that was there. And I wrote a colour piece yesterday based on Pulp's song, Do You Remember the First Time? I think everybody will remember the first time that Ange won a trophy for Celtic mm -hmm. because they just feel that they're on the cusp of something special with this guy. 
that that's just how it felt yesterday. And Hamden's no great for atmosphere, but it was see be there working at it. It was actually an honour and a privilege. It was just uh, special to witness that, just to see it in action. And it was uh, yeah, it was one of them that I, I really enjoyed it. Not just because Celtic won, but just because you you saw a team come together, mm-hmm. prove that they could be winners, and leadership both on and off the park. Leadership from the manager to send a team out that most people would oh, oh no, and then leadership from guys like Callum McGregor and Tom Rogic, his trusted lieutenants on the park, to pick out two passes to give to the talismanic man up front, who is fast becoming Henrik Larson-esque and what he does. And that's, seen- that's the highest compliment you can pay to Yogo that in such a short space of time, people are comparing him to the King of Kings. Yeah, I've seen a lot of comparisons being made um, and I spoke this morning about how you look at various eras or regimes at Celtic and you always associate with Tommy Burns, the three amigos, um, you know, three uh, iconic players rather than talismanic. They didn't stay long enough. Um, then you look at Dr. Joe with Lubo Moravchik, you look at Vim Janssen with Henrik Larsson um, and of course Gordon Strachan with Nakamura and I just think that uh, I don't like comparing because, you know, you compare Jota to David Ginola and people scoff at you. Um, however, what I would say is there, there are similarities to the relationship between the manager and the players I've mentioned there. Uh, and I think we've got a new version of this, Amy. We've got the Postacoglu Kyogo. You see their embrace after the game, you know, and he's just rubbing his head like it's his laddie and he's proud of him. It, it was a tremendous thing to see, but Tony's mentioned the two goals. And before we get into the nitty gritty, everything else, let's have a wee chat about those two goals. Absolute sublime. And that's a word used a lot when we, we watch football games. But in particular, that second goal, I'm, I'm still amazed and I've watched it time and time again this morning that he knows everything that's happening around about him. He, he, he's incredibly aware of where the goalkeeper is, the, the pace that he's moving to, even though he's not looking at him, Amy. It's an astonishing finish by Kyogo. It is world class. You know, if that is Messi or Ronaldo or Lewandowski, we're labouring on about it for, for weeks. It is world class. The, like you say, the awareness, I think, is probably the, the best word because he just, he just knows... He just knows where, well, he knows that Porteous is kind of nowhere near him. He knows that looping ball is just coming over his head. Um, and just, you know, this is a guy who's not meant to be that fit right now, that he's still meant to be carrying injury. If you looked at the position that his body took up, you know, that's a guy who's who's in his prime and you think that he's on a great run, scored however many goals. It, it is incredible that his body's managed to do that when this is a guy who was, you know, undoubtedly ruled out just a few days ago um, by many and a few weeks ago obviously by by everyone we, we all assumed that he would be he would be nowhere near kind of this this match fitness never mind being able to pull that off because you, you can't just underestimate how astonishing that is it's just one that you've just got to keep watching like I say words won't really do it justice um, I think the roar of the crowd I, the commentary I think it even even obviously if you're there, if you watch it back, the commentary, I think Rory Hamilton's one of the, the, the best commentators going around right now as well, especially in the Scottish game. Um, and I think he just he just masters it. And he, just, he captures it. And yeah, it's just one that you've got to keep watching. I know I've watched that a thousand times this morning. Paul, you the same. Tony, I, 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 I assume you will be the same. And everybody will just keep watching that and watching that. And that's, that's one of the best Christmas presents you could get. Oh, it is. Because, you know, we were, if you really, if you think about 
um, the conversation we had following the Ross County game, Tony, and on Friday as well, leading up to this game. And we're talking about the two the two sides of Ange Postecoglou and the team, uh, because you know we were looking at the entertaining football, and he's spoken about that brand of football that he wants to play. But on many occasions now, we've won games where. Yeah, I mean, the goals were a thing of beauty, Tony, but it wasn't the rip-roaring Celtic that we have seen this season. But we're able to win that way as well. And I'm not going to call it winning ugly because you can't call that winning ugly with two goals like that from Kyogo. Uh, but it's a different way of playing and it's not even adapting as such. But you'll note that both goals, and Laura made the point yesterday, both goals were more direct in terms of going through the middle rather than utilising the two wings, which we've done so well this season. Let's get it through the middle. McGregor with a tremendous pass, not the first time this season. And of course, Tommy Rogic with that um, ability to to pull a pass out of nowhere. Um, and, and there was a, an understanding. They know. McGregor knew. Rogic knew. If I, if I flight this in, the wee man's going to get it. So I think what we have seen, Tony, is the two sides of the Ange. And we're quite happy in Scottish football to go up to Dingwall and win 2-1 with a 97th minute winner or to go to Hamden when there's a few decisions that people are, are going to be talking about and, and come away with a win 2-1. Um, because I think that it does galvanise the side, but um, there's a trust developed between Ange and the fan base and Ange and his players. I think the players uh, trusted them before the majority of the fans did. But that has obviously got stronger. That bond's got stronger after yesterday's victory. The great thing about yesterday, we were in talking to Ange after it, and Ange was asked about Kyogo, and he says, listen, he says, Kyogo would have snuck on the bus or snuck onto the field anyway, regardless. He says, if I'd have told him he wasn't playing, he says, he was desperate to help out his teammates. That's how much he wanted to play. And not just play and just be a number or a jersey. He wanted to make a contribution. So he said to the guy, good luck with telling him that he wasn't playing. You know what I mean? And he used the word mate. And uh, he has made what a contribution that is. Mm. But you talk about, and that's what I was talking about, leadership, right? And just take that, you get the team sheet beforehand and everyone's like, oh, he's playing Kyogo, oh, wouldn't I rush them all? That sharp intake. He did it for a reason. He did it for that reason. That's why he flew halfway across the world for days like yesterday. That's what he wanted and that's what he knew he could provide and he'll do it his way. Just don't entertain telling him, <laughs> you know, some of us have tried, nah, he'll just do what he does and he's just saying, as I said there, the bond between the manager, the players and the supporters is solid now. It's absolutely rock solid and has been building since for six months but it's rock solid now because they all trust each other. But leadership off the park from Ange and leadership on it with Callum and Tom Logic, because you cannot underestimate the passes for the goal. Kyogo makes it look easy because he's just a brilliant technician, you know, and a, and a superb striker in the making, if not a superb striker already. But the two passes, I mean, and also McGregor just saying, right, you go one down, and you're one each within less than 60 seconds with a pass from McGregor. That, that's when good players or great players step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And Rogic's just put, planked that ball down and I know even thought, because he knows if I do, you just said, if I flight this, the wee man will get it. And he's picked it out brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. And Kyogo's just, <coughs> it's instinct, you can't teach that. And the last striker that had that, was 
the super sweet. Who, when he got in that position, you knew the ball was hitting the back of the net. I yesterday, as soon as I saw him pick the ball up both times or latch onto it, you, there was an inevitability about it. Mm-hmm. But he still has to do it, and he still has to execute it on the biggest stage of all a cup final. And as Amy says, when he's not supposed to be fit, I can't wait to see a, a real fit Kyogo. <laughs> I really can't. Well, this is the thing. You look at the fact that, you know, the, the way that the J-League is played, he's not had a break and we know that. But when you look at his performances in the J-League this season, he scored 16 goals in 22 games. He's then come to Celtic, he scored 16 goals in 25 games. So you could say that, you know, in terms of <laughs> his own season without a break, he scored 32 goals in that period. Uh, and I know it's a season and a half that he scored it in. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Is there going to be an opportunity, and this is this is a big thing, to actually rest Kyogo? Because he's had two injuries since he came to Celtic. And there was this big question over the, the Ross County game and, and the aftermath of that with the injuries and the hamstrings, Amy. And Postacoglu came out yesterday and says it's fatigue. We did hint at that, didn't we? Where there's a lot of players you'd like to rest, but you just can't rest them. And Kyogo comes into that category until he physically can't get out there and play. You know, he's walking about with a moon boot on. That's about the only thing that's going to stop him from playing. But at this moment in time, we've still got plenty of games between now and the game against Rangers or the the uh, introduction of the January transfer window. How do we manage Kyogo in that scenario? Because you take him out the team or you even remove him from the centre-forward position, as we saw in the first game against Rangers, and Celtic are a different beast entirely. I think that is just, this whole discussion is just based on and and feeds further into, you know, just how light our squad is, you know, because I know you're saying, how do we protect Kyogo or or whatever? We simply kind of can't, you can't, we don't have the cover for him, you know, you can't not play him you have to hope maybe that Celtic can bury a game within an hour and can take him off but, you know, that's putting you know, that's just talking like like nonsense because you're just, you, you, you can't guarantee that, but these games are so crucial that, and, and although how crucial the second is to have Kyogo fit, it'll mean nothing if, you know Celtic don't, you don't win your games games in hand or games before, before that Um, he, he needs to be playing because we simply don't have well, don't have anybody like him, but don't even have a a half cover right now. You know, you can't look at thinking, right, we'll drop Kyogo just to protect him, but we'll play a badder through the front or Johnson through the front and not have that kind of, you know, he, he is the, the special link. Again, I think it kind of shows his character as well, what Andrew was touching on yesterday. He'll want to play these games. There, there's no denying that. He'll be bursting at the seam to, to get on. So... Again, it's kind of it's the toughest question because I, I I simply don't know how to protect him because he, he just needs to play. Um, or or it's, we've we've had those last few games without him. We've known how much of not even a slog because Celtic have done okay, but it's just that if he was there, imagine you know he would have buried that. He'd be this movement, this that, and whatever. Nobody nobody brings to brings to a game what Kyogo brings to a game. 
This is what we're talking about, creating an icon. And, you know, there's certain players that I've mentioned previously, Amaravchik under Dr. Joe. And, and you know, he could do things that no one else in the park could could accomplish, Tony. It was the same with Henrik Larson under Janssen and others, but it started under Vim Janssen. He developed under Venglos. We've seen him in full flight under Martin O'Neill. But he could do something. He could change a game like nobody else on that park. Nakamura, look at his two free kicks against Man United. Nobody else on the park. Man or Celtic could have done that. And he, Kyogo, is that player at the moment for for Celtic. And as soon as that happens, you know, and you, you've just got to look at Eduard and you've got to look at Dembele, as soon as that happens, you start worrying. And that's wrong because I just want to enjoy Kyogo, but you do start worrying because we're building something. We're at the early stages of Ange Postacoglu's reign. But you start worrying because you just know that he's making such a big impact. The vultures will be circling before you know it. Yeah, I enjoy him. I think uh, you, this this is a player that raises you out of the ordinary. Like the other players that you mentioned, they just get that ability to lift you up when you need it most. And I think if you worry about the future, then that's not something that you can control. So I just think you live in the now. I think Joe Hart was talking about yeah. it as well. He said he, he lives in the now. Uh, he can't comment on the future. And he was just enjoying enjoying the moment. And I think this it was a long year for the Celtic supporters. They endured a lot last year. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to live in this moment just now. And you enjoy players like Kyogo. You enjoy the manager for as long as you have them. You don't put a time limit on it. You just, you just enjoy it while you can. And I think yesterday was that whole expression of joy from the Celtic supporters because it felt like an eternity since they'd last since they'd last felt like that. And uh, Ange and Kyogo brought it and Ange also touched upon the fact that he, he feels a responsibility to, to, to Kyogo because he brought him here. Mm. And uh, that was typified in the embrace at the end. And I defy him to say if they love football that that wasn't just one of football's great sporting moments. Because it was, it was like a father with a son that he was so proud of. And uh, and the two of them were just, just had that moment because they came from the other side of the world together. Mm-hmm. And uh, not knowing what they were walking into, but those two were a big, big reason for their success. And uh, yeah, and the bond between everybody's just that much stronger now, isn't it? And you can see that. it's They, they are building something. So rather than talk about, oh, could get you know, taken away, you'd rather just focus on the fact that let's build, let's go again. And Anne spoke about it, that he said that he got to enjoy the success, but about more about celebrating the successes, who you celebrate it with. And he said he was going to celebrate it with his family and his boys mm-hmm. and maybe have a scotch, and then he'll wake up tomorrow and go again. That's the kind of attitude you want from a Celtic manager, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you're talking about a buy-in. I want to talk about the fans buy-in in just a second. But look at some of the examples yesterday about the team buying into what Ange Postacoglu is doing here. Tony Ralston, one of the most improved players in recent um, history at Celtic. He's dropped. I don't know if he was carrying a knock. But he's the type of guy, OK, he's on the bench. He'll come on and do his bit when required. The guy that uh, replaces him, Zhiranovic, played three positions yesterday in one game. And you just know that when he's told to do it, it's right, boss, I'll do it. 
no questions. It's part of the process. It's part of the the principles that that he's laid out, and he has that unbelievable belief in the team that is working for him. We missed that last season. I'm not going to blame one person, one individual. It was, it was a perfect storm. I keep calling it that. But it has been missing. And when we did win the trophy last season, we couldn't enjoy it because we weren't in the stadium. So I'm going to have to give a big shout out to the, the few hippies that, that come onto the stream regularly and comment. Paul Cockwell, I don't know if you're going to join us today, Paul. But there's obviously that video footage of the Hibs fans celebrating. And then was it 14 seconds after kickoff we've scored the equaliser? And it was just like the two ends of the emotional scale for a football fan. And no matter, no matter what team you support, you had a wee bit of empathy for about a half a second um, before you realised that, you know what, that's just life. And uh, I think that the big thing for me with regards to that was the character that was shown. It sparked Celtic into life, Amy, uh, going a goal down. I would never like to go to a goal down. I never say, well, I'm glad we did because it sparked us into life. But that does show the character that has been instilled by Ange Postecoglou to immediately come back in and grasp that game back into our control. And I would definitely say it is one of these things that has been instilled by, by Postecoglou because I can't really think of many occasions over the last five to ten years, really, that Celtic don't really do the bouncing back right away. It's usually the other way around, you know. I think over, I, I'd probably say, like, probably over the last five years, I think Celtic have been sceptical, you know, that I know it is that cliche that you're at your most vulnerable when you do, when you um, when you first score because the emotions are high and all of that. But I think Celtic take that to another level sometimes. The quickness that Celtic can concede, especially in Europe, is frightening. Um, so, yeah, to be on the other end of that is it's pleasant. Um, and, and, in the same way that we're saying, you know, you're at your most vulnerable, then you almost are, you're at your best. And Celtic were certainly, you know, they just they just kind of there was a, a little bit more of an urgency. Um, and I know that sounds silly because it's only 14 seconds and it's only really one big long ball, but it was a it was a fantastic ball, and it was just the vision and the the urgency, perhaps of you know McGregor to even think of going for that. Mm-hmm. And as, as Tony has already alluded to, it's the fact that he knows, you know, Kyogo will be there. He, he's going to be in and around that area. It's going to be causing, be causing issues. So it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasant surprise and it was just the best time to score. Um, no matter how little you could probably see it because of the pyro, but um, it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time to score. And I think even Celtic conceding at the time that they did, you know, I don't think all... Well, certainly there was not really any hope lost because you think it's not never that they're never as good time to concede as you say, but so early on in the second half, you know, you've still got best part of 40 minutes. You know, you've we're going to have chances, especially with Kyogo in the park. Maybe I didn't expect one to come quite so fast, but you, you knew they were they were going to come thick and fast. You know, uh, Amy's mentioned the pyro. Laura mentioned it yesterday. We're all about the 90s references, Tony. And I love the look of that, I've got to say. I mean, I know that it divides opinion amongst fans uh, and pundits and commentators alike. But what a look. And again, it looks iconic anyway, but when he's celebrating or just trudging about a football park with the pyrotechnics behind him, he looks even more like a, a character in a silver screen movie. The guy has got... I think already iconic status. Um, what did you think of the performance of the fans uh, before we go any further, Tony? You were in there, you were soaking it up, and I thought the the Celtic support obviously had already been given a wee bounce in the morning by the news that uh, Higgins is not going to be taking up a post at Celtic. But I thought they were outstanding from start to finish. Just that feel good factor that that brought amongst the supporters. You know, I've said before, Hamden's a bit of a graveyard at times for finals. The atmosphere non-existent, it's hopeless, fans are 
still feel that fans are too far away from the action if you're behind the goal. That's rotten. Behind the goals yeah. is terrible. That's yeah. where my season ticket was, Tony. In yeah. 94 95, behind the goal. You know, Horrific. So far too far away from the action. But yesterday, just got right behind the team. They were The fans were terrific. And, you know, it's not often you caught comment on the atmosphere at Hamden because it's never usually that great but yesterday was just something different it was special, you just felt a kind of coming together you know, a, a marrying of Ange and the Celtic supporters and just that their love for each other as I say and that kind of bond being strengthened because it, it's it's nothing short of miraculous what Ange's achieved in six months it really, that cannot be underestimated in not only did he inherit, as I say, a kind of shambles, but he inherited a, a a broken kind of team as well, you know, and a, and a fan base whose spirits were broken. Mm-hmm. And he has picked them up off the canvas and he shook them and he said, we're used to winning. Can he win them all? But trust me, I'll get you back to winning. What, trust me? Okay, we'll trust you bit initially sceptical at first and he, he has just you know and what a tune he's got out of these players some of whom as you said could have been out walking out the door mm-hmm. he's realised he needed them and he they listened that it was a team yesterday I mean the day one Mike top mantra we don't stop they didn't stop did they even when they went one down what's their answer let's go up the park and score mm-hmm. and the man that he trusts with the captain's armband produces a a pass just exquisite beauty because he knows if I do this then Kyogo should be where I think he should be I'll leave the rest up to him Kyogo does the rest and then Tom Logic does the same another guy who was supposed to be out the door this guy came in and he said hold the bus nope I'll I'll decide I'll decide everything from now on football wise you know and let me do that because I've got a. I've been successful in Japan. I've been successful in Australia. So one of, yeah. one of the first decisions, Tony, was to give Tony Ralston a one-year deal. Yeah, and now that was met with, with kind of like widespread derision. Of course, that's what I mean. But so he was he, right. He listens to nobody because <laughs> he's written a football book on coaching, written some kind of manual on coaching and and managing, and and that's it. That's his thoughts. That's his beliefs. That's the. That's what he does, you know. It's and it is his way, and he's going to do it his way. And he and he's got that great ability to block out the noise mm-hmm. from everybody, myself included. It's going to be difficult, Tony. Bound to be difficult to block out the noise. Yeah, of course it is. But try to tell me that you would have picked Kyogo yesterday in your starting lineup. He did. You would have dropped Anthony Ralston yesterday. He did. You know I wouldn't have done that. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> you know, you're a canvas to Celtic supporters who, who wouldn't have done that. What about Tony Ralston with five minutes to go? Eh? Just saying I'm going to keep this ball for five minutes. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's just great to see that self-belief that he's got though, Tony. And it's just, it's you know, to a man, woman and child, every Celtic supporter's like that today. <laughs> Yay. You know, We're you back. Just, one of those days, it's a big day to be a Celtic supporter. You feel that something special is brewing. You don't want to say too much, but you can feel it. There's a feeling. You, you know, it's tangible. It's you know, and, you, and I sat there at Hamden yesterday, looking around, and 
you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. The cup final on occasion, a showpiece. And it, it was memorable for all the right reasons because the, the manager played the right team, was vindicated in his decisions. The players played for him. And I, out of everybody in that stadium, I was delighted for one man and one man only, and that was Ange. You know, just you cannot underestimate what he, he did to take up the position of the manager of Celtic. Uprooted his family mm-hmm. and knew fine well. He's, he's referred to it many times. People saying nobody knew who I was. They know now. There was an interesting snippet, actually. I mean, I don't know. People must save these on their phones uh, for a rainy day and then retweet them. But it's Alan Brazil, Alan Brazil talking to McCoist. Do you see it, Amy? You know? When the news news comes through, when when Postacoglu gets a job, he mispronounces his name, he then mocks him, you know, and McCoyce is laughing in the background. And it's that kind of thing that there was a situation, Amy, when Ange Postacoglu was given a job that the Celtic fans had taken a battering uh, for about a year. You know, it was one thing after another. The season where we lost the 10... Uh, Neil Lennon losing his job, the Dubai fiasco, everything. It was just piling up. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. One hit after another. And we thought, right, we're starting to rebuild. There's our prime candidate. That then falls at the, the 11th hour. So there was a real feeling, and it wasn't a disappointment because Ange Postecoglou had got the job. It's just because you were looking at that board and thinking there's an ineptitude there that's continuing because we've messed up plan one, plan A, and we're we're moving on to plan B. Nobody's going to describe Ange Postecoglou as plan B now. Um, And there's another thing. It's become clear, although the club tried to um, shape it in a different way, that the initial contact and and much of the dealings uh, were organised by Peter Lowell. So you've got a, a, a manager who's uh, committed to coming over to Scotland from Japan uh, and he's signing after having these discussions with Peter Lowell. He's then unveiled by a different CEO in Don Mackay. 72 days later, he's away and we've got a third one. So you could take it that a manager looking at that situation think this is a, a basket case of a club. Yeah, he's just stuck to his principles and he stuck to putting that message not only to the fans, but to the media every time he's spoken to it, and obviously on the training ground to, to his team. We talk about galvanising a fan base, Amy. This is a guy that, previous to him being appointed, he had no skin in the Celtic game. So there was no loyalty from us to him, because we didn't even really know what he had achieved, and we all started doing our reading up and watching the, the footage on online. It's incredible to imagine 
that someone from left field could come in and win over the fan base. When were you won over, Amy? Oh, um, when was I won over? Pretty quickly. Um, considering, I'd say pretty quickly considering that I remember... I remember the Monday that we came on the show and I it was probably probably one of my worst appearances on here. Um because I had done on I honestly I can quite confidently say that. Um, what, what did you that, report what did you report, Reed? Because obviously I report on your performances uh, yeah, every Monday. Um, I don't actually think it's broadcastable. Um it was a bad red, word. red um, pen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In that little black book. Um but no, I remember because it kind of like came out over the weekend. I remember I totally had worked the whole weekend and I came on the Monday and I think it was with Tony and then there was just this name Postacoglu and I remember frantically going on my phone going, I have no idea who this guy is and that was on my own back because that was really poor for me that I had totally like zoned out of Celtic, totally all together. Um, I didn't have a clue what was going on um, and I did and I remember coming on the show and not having nothing really of note to say, probably just should have jumped out the broadcast I think a lot of people would have appreciated that um but then when you went away and watched upon you know diff- different obviously as you say you watch all those YouTube videos and whatnot um and you think wow I quite like that then you definitely got a, a buy for Europe nobody really took anything to not to, to heart but you know you just go right it's, it's a total free hit Tyne Castle was a sore one um because I just didn't really think that um, you know, Celtic really done anything and you didn't see where this progression that we'd kind of all been told but I cannot put a I, I don't think I can put on a game I think you just started to invest in them, I wish you'd asked me before and I'd have maybe thought about it um, but no I'd say say August, we'll go August that's quite generic but. The thing with the European games Amy, we almost did I mean, we took it into extra time and that was at the moment we were playing 18-year-olds in their first game in European games, etc. Tony, there was a lot of Celtic fans were unsure and we've spoken we've spoken to Jared, uh, obviously, about his time in Australia. We've spoken to Dan Horowitz uh, in relation to his time in Japan. We've tried to find out as much as we can about what he's done before joining Celtic. We've also spoken about this Euro snobbery, where if it's not happened in European football, you know, um, does it really count? And we don't have a great knowledge of um, different nations. But again, I don't think there's a disrespect for Ange Postacoglu because everything you heard from him previously, to his time at Celtic was impressive. His first press conference that uh, Natasha attended on behalf of Celtic State of Mind, it was really impressive. He was saying things that I still share now. I mean, when he was talking about being an immigrant, um, him and his family being an immigrant, and did he realise how touching that would be to the Celtic fan base because of our history? I don't know if he did, but it did. It struck a chord and it still strikes a chord. When did he win you over, Tony? Audrey. I think uh, I think my initial scepticism was just based on fear. That not so much fear about Ange, but fear about the fact that the board had just planted this guy in, and we're just going to leave him to his own devices. Because when you heard that none of his you know backroom staff were coming in and youngsters were playing in Europe, and as Amy says, he got a free pass for Europe. Ah, you had to write off Europe, yet he still got us through against Alkma in the Europa League and I thought, okay, from small acorns. But then he goes to Pataudry and people were talking about that run of games, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Hibs away, 
which if he took no points, he would be out the door, or he could possibly be facing out the door. And you were kind of like, mm, you didn't wish that for him. At no stage did you wish that for him. But that was the first time I, I thought that he, he kind of flexed his muscles and he went, I can do this. I'll show you. And they won ugly that day, but they won, which was the object of the exercise. Then they go to Firth Park, boss it, control it, win 2 nothing, pretty comfortable. Then go to Easter Road and they blow Hibs away, playing a bit of rap roaring, free scoring, never boring. Then you start to say, and then, and Anne said yesterday, see all everything else, see all the hard challenges that he's faced. Mm. They're the ones that he lives for. So I got into my head, brilliant. See the more adverse the circumstances get. You've got a manager that's going, ah, bring it on. Because <laughs> you can beat Team 6 nothing and everything's hunky dory. And he's just like, right, great, smooth. Mm, okay. It's when the chips are down, he comes in, he comes into his own, he comes to the fore. And he keeps mentioning that. Give me a challenge. He said he's left clubs because of being too successful. Because he's thought, well, where's my next challenge? Mm. So, I, uh, yeah. So you think to yourself, he's been challenged every day since he walked into the Celtic job. And he's refusing to celebrate that success for more than a day. He's back on it the day thinking, right, how do we get to the top of the league? How, how do we... Know how do we win this title? That's the kind of guy I want in my club, as I said earlier. That's a manager I, I like to see, and and he has embraced every challenge. I've never heard him moan about referees or penalties or sendings off or bookings or things that have gone against him. He just doesn't do it because he has of the he, he's of the belief that see if you're good enough, the rest doesn't matter, and he wants to make this Celtic team good enough, and he's getting there bit by bit. But Petodi was a big one for me in terms of mm. my feelings towards him. And I was a bit sceptical, but I was just scared that they were just going to throw this guy out to dry. You know, hang him out to dry and before he get a chance to do anything. And yeah, and I think I said at the time when he's named that Monday, I'm sure I mentioned the fact that, you know, Celtic supporters wanted an appointment and they might feel that they've got a disappointment. I remember saying that but only because, as Amy said there, nobody really knew who he was. I'm not disappointed now. Certainly not. Uh, no. In fact, I'm, I'm sitting here, like every Celtic supporter, swelling with pride, and quite emotional about it, and just thinking, do you know what? See, I don't think I could go to Australia or Japan and uh, become an iconic figure within, with so many, with such a supporter fan base within six months. So it's a hat tip to your man. i tell you something else I couldn't do. I couldn't do it with my Todd. I know he's got a background staff, but he inherited them. Mm-hmm. But he never once great for his own man or made any big issue about it. He just said he was assessing things as he went along. And he and he prayed credit to his background staff because he got them all together for a photo, as he does with the trophy yesterday. So he's, you know, he just everything about him ticks every box for me in terms of a statesman and just somebody who I now enjoy listening to. I now enjoy watching his football team. And yeah, as I say, that that bond between everybody collectively and the Celtic family has just grown since he came in. I think Patojo was massive. 
Tony, I think that's been a turning point for a lot of fans. What do you think if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter or LinkedIn? Let us know in the comments section. Stevie Boy comes in. We are all feeling um, a, a great sense of pride. Stevie, can he stop watching the second goal? No wonder. It's one of the goals that's going to be shown on compilation DVDs forevermore. DVDs, is that still a thing? probably for another few years. Paddy Lavery. Afternoon, folks. What a Sunday. What a hangover. Well, I'm feeling particularly fresh because I was actually covering the game and I don't have any of those feelings, Paddy, but hopefully you'll feel better soon, pal. It was worth it. Um, And David, same here, Stevie. Pure class. Uh, Absolutely. Watching that second goal. Um, And, you know, when we're looking through these, as I say, happy Monday. Absolutely. Make your make your comments um, known in relation to how has Ange uh, changed your view of of uh, what you were thinking when he first came in, um, when when he, he goes out and undoubtedly, uh, unarguably identifies a player like Kyogo and he's such a, a huge success so far at Celtic, then you start thinking to yourself, we've got to trust them when it comes to recruitment as well. And obviously January is going to be massive. Amy, we've, we've spoken about bringing in reinforcements. How important will it be to Kyogo to have some uh, fellow countrymen in the hoops? I think it will be massive. There's no uh, denying that. And we've kind of battered on about that for a while now. But I don't think it's as important as perhaps we maybe thought it would be a few weeks, months ago. Because I just think everybody loves him. You know, he's not like he's just like as a, a guy who you think, right, bless him, he's going to be on his own. He's not got any pals, but you know, he's he's the main man. He's he's the cool kid. Um, the way that you know, Beaton talks about him yesterday, a magician. Tom gets a magician, but um, the way that you know, you just know the way that everyone's going around and celebrate. And you look at like Ralston yesterday with the the second goal. Obviously, Ralston's still a sub at that point, um, but. He's not he's not like a, a lone wee guy. Um he's very much part of the group and the group has definitely, you know, brought him into that. And you, you look at Callum McGregor, James Forrest, near Beaton, the guys that have been there for forever, um certainly forever for me, um, they have just brought him brought him right in. So it is undoubtedly I, I, I certainly think and, and hope that it will help because I I want Anne to dip into that market because my God just as as I've said time and time again, just let him bring whoever he wants. If if Kyogo's the model, then bring whoever he wants, whoever wants to follow. Um and who wouldn't want to follow after yesterday. That's a great um you know, I think that's it's a great kind of um show, showing really. But yeah, I, I think it's not as big as what it used to be, but bring them still. Yeah, I mean, see when I look at what we've already got, Tony, I mean, yes, there are areas of the park that I think are in desperate need of reinforcements, but what he's not had, and you've touched on this earlier, he's not had the luxury of playing his strongest 11 for any great period of time. You imagine Tommy Rogic, and I know it doesn't always happen this way, but Tommy Rogic being on the top of his game, Kyogo being on the top of his game, Jota down the left, if Abada gets back into the form that that we saw early in his Celtic career with behind him the likes of Turnbull and McGregor and, you know, you've got confidence in Joe Hart and Carmen Carter-Vickers. You've got, you know, fullbacks that that you can trust. If they all, uh, you know, play to their best of their ability all at the same time and, you know, our strongest 11 is out there, that's a formidable team as it is. But Ange has spoken about his concerns about the fatigue that's setting up setting into a lot of these players you know Cameron Carter-Vickers is undroppable 
<laughs> Callum McGregor is undroppable. Kyogo, undroppable. Joe Hart. You would like to give them the rest, though. You'd like to have that luxury of giving them time to recuperate, Tony, because the games, I mean, we're going right into a game on Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, before the end of the year. The games just keep coming. Yeah, and that's why you can't drop them, because the, the need for points is too great, especially, you know, in the league. So you, you have to, and, and he's aware of that. But that's why he's, he's we're limping on to January and you have to stay on Rangers' coattails, which is why Ralston's winner at Dingwall was so significant and celebrated the way it was, because it was a hugely important goal in the context of your season. This is a hugely important cup win in the context of your season. It's the confidence surge that that gives you now to, to go into the rest of the season. But you are going into the rest of the season, especially January, knowing that the, you're going to be strengthened. They will bring in new players. And whether they come from Japan or wherever, I, I, I don't think... I mean, I think Kyogo will enjoy it if some of his fellow compatriots are signed. Of course he will. It'd be great to have them. But you're talking about a guy who... He's, he's fused the best of his culture with our culture, hasn't he? He's immersed himself in the Celtic culture, hasn't he? From the get-go, which is why he's just loved. I mean, uh, how how pr- proud must he feel when he's running to the Celtic supporters to get a Japanese flag and drape it around himself? You know, that, that kind of level of acceptance for a wee guy who you knew nothing about until the manager signed him. And then has hit the ground running and and is now drawing comparisons to one of the greatest ever players, well, the greatest ever foreign player that played for the club, Henrik Larsson, as voted by the Celtic supporters. So you you turn around and you say to yourself, what an impact. And if there are more, we touched upon it earlier in the season, the board have to say to Ange, are there any more gems like that? Of course there's more gems like that. And he will bring them if they let them. And they have to trust that judgment. But the the great thing about Kyogo is that that ethic that he's got, not just for himself. He, he's a team. He's very much a team player. He's a he's the epitome of a Celtic player. It's all about the team. It's all about the club. It's all about the supporters. It's all about his teammates. You know, Gordon Strachan banged on about it. Be a good teammate. Mm. Kyogo's the best of everything. He's a good teammate. He's also a bloody good footballer. Stoke bordering on great footballer and uh, that's why as Amy said that's why everybody loves him because he's he's infectious isn't he he just plays with a smile on his face plays football with it he's a guy that actually enjoys his job mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A lot of footballers are very serious and very stern. This guy loves it. 
you know, and you can kick him up and down a place and you can do what you like to him. Ah, his answer is to, to make 60,000 people happy every other week and, and the rest around the world by scoring important and vital goals because he's grasped already how important that is and what it means to so many people. And so is the manager. And he just said, go, go out there and do your thing. The thing is, he's such an individual, but at the same time, the strange dichotomy is he's such a team player. Yeah. And I think that when, when you look at how he plays the game on the on the, the shoulder of their defence, he's going to terrorise defences uh, for the rest of the season. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to bring up a wee uh, point that Ian's made on YouTube. Axel were fairly brutal towards Ange at the start. But what I would say is, when he was, when he was actually announced, I think that there was... Uh, a disappointment, as as Tony said earlier, that Celtic hadn't conducted their business the way we wanted them to in terms of getting a deal over the line. We were 106 days without a manager. Um, and we obviously put our eggs in a completely different basket. But to say that we were brutal towards him um, at the start, does that mean when he was appointed? Or did it mean that after you know a number of games in the league, we were sitting with a 50% win rate? Because any manager at Celtic with a 50% win rate is going to have criticism levied at them. But what I would say is that at no point on a Celtic state of mind on any of the shows did anyone call for Angie's head. That's never, ever happened. Um, we know the situation behind the scenes. We constantly spoke about the adversity that he was facing in terms of he's over here on his own. He's got people who were failures last season working in his backroom team. This is the kind of points that were being made at the time. Um, the turnover of players was 14 out, 12 in. So we took all of that into consideration. And we spoke about the fact that there was a, a need. Um, at that time, there was a need we spoke about for him to adapt to certain scenarios, and he refused to do so. And I think that was the biggest frustration at the time. But I don't think we were brutal towards Ange Postacoglu, Amy. What was your thoughts on that? Brutal's a big word. Um, and again, I, I I don't know what he what means by start. Like you said, do you mean the start of his tenure? The start of when his, his name started to get floated around? Because um, especially, like I say, at that time, I know I wasn't, I certainly wasn't in his camp because I didn't really know what his camp was and where his camp was and, and really who he was. And, and again, that's probably, well, not probably, that was on my own back. But I don't think, I, I can't think of any any of us being brutal. Um, I think there's, you know, there's still people in the comments coming in now that they're perhaps not convinced by Ange or it took, you know, maybe Tony till Patoji, maybe two colours till Patoji. That's fine. That's opinion based, but that's just because you're not then in totally invested in them doesn't mean you're calling them brutal, you know. It's just still biding your time. Paul Cunningham. How dare you come in with such a dilemma? But I'm going to throw it out to Tony first. The last yeah. goal in the 6-2 game against Rangers or Kyogo yesterday. Tony Haggerty. That's some question from Paul Cunningham. It's a bit cruel on a Monday morning. That's even cruel to throw it at me. <laughs> Amy just got another difficult I was like, question. Who, Tony? I was who? <laughs> I, uh, well, I described Henrik Larson's chip in the 6-2 game as a thing of beauty. I have to say... That and I said it earlier, the chip over the goalkeeper yesterday at Hamden is Larson-esque, isn't it? Mm. Also a thing of beauty. So in terms of getting paper between the two, then it's a it's a dead heat in it. I think they're both on the podium, pushing each other off the one step because you cannot separate them really 
I don't think you can. People will say because Larson was there seven years and he's the greatest player that we've ever seen at Celtic Park will probably go with Larson's goal. And it's a they're both stunning individual goals. How can you how can you separate those two or rank them? It's just not possible. And I, I get to the point, isn't every Celtic goal a cause for celebration? Or it should be. Uh, unless it's a consolation goal or something like that, I guess. People will say that as well. But these two goals in particular are memorable for all the right reasons. So I'm refusing, Paul, to give you an answer to that because I can't really split them. Because I think... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll ask... I'll, I'll throw it back at you and say... For the sheer unbridled joy that both of those goals gave you, what made you happier, Larson's or that one? It, it, it's equal. It's equal, isn't it? Tony? See, the big thing about it, it's a good question, not just because of the quality of the goals, but you look at those two games, we're talking about the turnaround, the moment. Yeah. We we went into that game um, against the, the champions mm-hmm. and they had a 21-point deficit when yeah, they won yeah. the league the, the season yeah. before. And Martin O'Neill had spoken about that's the benchmark. He kept saying it. He yeah, showed yeah. Rangers ultimate respect. And we went in and we absolutely destroyed them that day. Yeah. Um, but there was maybe the realisation. We knew how good O'Neill was. We knew how good Larson was. But there was a realisation that day that we were. this was the real deal. This was the real deal. And I think there is a, a kind of similarity. There is a duality between... Uh, that feeling against Rangers that day and the feeling yesterday where we do have the real deal in uh, not only in Postacoglu but in Kyogo as well. Now, Amy, I've asked you a couple of questions, difficult questions already, so I'll not throw this one at you because, as you said, you were only two when Larson scored in the 6-2 game. Might have been one. Might have been one going by my birthday. <sighs> dearie, dearie me. Um, now, when we're looking at the, the game yesterday, we constantly talk about um, the good and the bad and the ugly. When we're talking about Celtic, we look at every new uh, nuance of Celtic. Um, I'm not going to go negative after yesterday because it was tremendous. And as I say, it's going to push us on, I hope. Uh, interesting enough, Will McMillan comes in. Hello from Oz. I didn't think Ange was the man until I saw the quality of Kyogo um, and what he wants. Give him what he wants in the window. That's a good point. I mean, as we've said before, certain managers have had their talisman it's actually difficult sitting here to think who who was Brendan Rodgers' talisman because there were so many players that, that did so well for Brendan Rodgers. It's difficult to have one figurehead, isn't it? Yeah, you're well, Musa Dembele, you're looking Musa, at that. Edward. Edward as well, then the later half. But yeah. he, he kind of make a case for kind of his whole midfield, do eh? I know. There certainly isn't one who would stand out, is there? Uh, when you're looking at these uh, big talismanic figures like Nakamura and, and Henrik Larsson, Lubo Maravchik. Interesting enough, they're all creative players going forward. I mean... Um, in the first season? Possibly, yeah. Like the relationship-wise, maybe? Yeah, he's a guy you knew from previous, absolutely. I think that's a good shout, actually, Amy. Um, now, let's have a wee visit to Conspiracy Corner, then, and have a talk about <laughs> some of the decisions yesterday, because they have come into the, the comments field from some of the hibbies that are coming in to, to discuss it. And fair play to you guys. We do talk about decisions we don't agree with. Um, and there was a few... Listen, do we want to labour it? Of course we don't. We won the game. But after the game, uh, I found it interesting. Paul McGinn was getting interviewed, Amy, and he and he was brutal, to use that word that's been used today. He was brutal towards the refereeing decision. I think 
Paul McGinn got it wrong. It was a free kick. I'm going to say that, right? I think if you use that part of your arm against a player's neck, it's a free kick. You, you've you've came in from behind. That's a free kick all day long. I can understand maybe Hibs players being a wee bit aggrieved at the fact that they thought a sub was coming on. I think they've mentioned that as well. Would it have made any difference? I mean, that's not why Kyogo beat them for pace and finished the ball the way he did, Amy. But overall, I, I think that was a free kick. I probably would say that Starfield did shove Porteous in the box for a penalty near the end of the game. Celtic had a good penalty shout with Greg Taylor in the first half. Overall, poor performance by the, the referee again. I don't think it was one of his best, but I certainly don't think it's one of his worst um, from beating. Tony and I kind of spoke about it before, and I think the fact that probably, Tony said that probably up until Paul McGinn came out and spoke, I don't think that Beaton's performance was mentioned that much, but perhaps that's easy to say because you're on the winning side and whatnot. But as people do like to point out, I am on the East Coast. So I do have a lot of uh, Hibs friends and my timeline can be pretty full of their, their stuff as well. And to be honest, I do think it is a free kick. I think it's a free kick because of the contact. The only, well, that means it is a free kick. And yeah, the only part I can slightly maybe you know, show it up, but simply is that if the fourth official is starting to bring the board up, then yeah, I get that, but at the end of the day, you play it the whistle, it's the same kind of like with the off, offside rule, you know, I just think, you just play it the whistle, um, so as much as I think Kyogo would have scored anyway, like say, he'd beat their pace, I think it's more, you know, Hibs would have been a little bit tighter at the back, I think Starfelt's extremely lucky, I don't think it was one of his best performances, and I do believe that I think if the shoe was on the other foot, then I would be called for a penalty. I think it's really silly um, and it's needless. And it's, um, yeah, if I was if I was a Hibs fan, I'd, I'd be extremely disappointed at that because I do think that it was a, a penalty. And in the same breath, I don't think the Greg Taylor one in the first half was a penalty. Um, I think, I know people will say, well, you know, they're both shoves. I think there was quite a shove from Starfelt. I think it was kind of more like just two hands on the back of Taylor. But you know, it's swings and roundabouts now you can talk about it. But I think it's important to talk about, it, especially the staff field, because we can make out a command in this and say, look, it's not just Celtic who's getting the, the raw end of deals from referees. And in this case, I do think Hibs can feel a little bit hard done by yesterday because if it was the other way around, we would all be screaming right now, well, that's a penalty in the last minute. That should be a penalty to Celtic. Uh, I do think that one is a penalty for sure. As Tony said before we came on, um, there's going to be no asterisk there's no caveat to that win we won the cup and that's all that matters Tony but during that uh, discussion there with Amy there's a couple of things that have come to my, my mind the first one is the performance of Starfelt but also the performance of Hart once again big big save near the end of the game from Joe Hart two big saves he, the, the leg that he jabbed out from Nisbet and then the one at the end and you know Joe Hart spends a lot of time inactive Football matches, but his concentration never wavers, does it? Mm-hmm. Well, very rarely. That's why he, he's a he's a wonderful goalkeeper. I said before, we're lucky to have Joe Hart, but Joe Hart, lucky to have us. I think again, the two kind of came together at the right time for both. Celtic needed a quality goalkeeper. Hart needed somewhere where they could fall in love again with football, and he has. Spoke about making his family proud yesterday because they were in the stands, and uh, I guess uh, and that. Uh, that League Cup winning medal means a lot to him as well because it's put him kind of back in the top, winning trophies again, and that's a feeling that he's not had for a while and feeling of being loved in an important place 
And uh, yeah, he feels that. And he was brilliant. He, you know, just something about Joe Hart that instills confidence in everybody, supporters, managers, and players alike. And he, he's just good at what he does. And he's always, for the most part, switched on, isn't he? People are nitpicking, saying he could have came for the corner. But he's entitled to think that his defenders could maybe deal with that a bit better. So, you know, whatever. Still, we fall on in that one, that's fair enough. But uh, you, can't have, you cannot find fault in any, not much in, that Joe Hart's done since he walked in the, the door at Parkhead. He just, he's just been a big, big player for Celtic. I just think you're right, and, and especially when you look at last season, one of the biggest issues we had was we had three first-choice goalies. We couldn't decide who was our first choice. Barkas, Hazard, Bain. You look at the, the team one year ago, it was Connor Hazard that started that game with Barkas on the bench. And, you know, that, that kind of situation that we were in last season, there was no stability at the back whatsoever. Um, what Cameron Carter-Vickers has given in front of the goalkeeper is... Um, Solid, it is a solidity, but beside them, Amy, we bit of vulnerability creeping in again in Starfield's performance. Did you feel? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, and I listened to the post match yesterday, and um, with Laura, and she um, she was saying that you know she was on my Alan Morrison again, just not last week, the week before, um, and he says. Again, that even the, the moments that I'm kind of highlighting, they are, you know, in isolation. And the rest of the game, you could be pretty solid. I just think a few, um, and, and that's Laura's opinion, that's great. But I just think a few times it's just a little bit too sloppy. And I think the, the it's what the repercussions of those isolating moments could be for Starfield. You know, like I do think that's a penalty. And just thinking why... He's not some young kid who we've just kind of brought in. He did come with a decent pedigree, a decent bit of experience. You just think, wow, this is 90-whatever-th minute in a cup final. Get your hands off him. You know, the ball obviously was still coming as well. It wasn't like it was a, a needless tackle. Just make yourself big. Don't always just go for the player. I just feel like he's got like an attachment always to the the attacker, whoever it may be. And it's just focus on the ball, focus on yourself a little bit more. But I think that moment in particular it's just really tough because I, I do think it's a penalty so that does bring down the kind of his performance because you're just like wow you could have I know it didn't cost us but you really could have and probably should have cost that there's still people in the comment section who are still on the bevy they're still on the swally they must have taken the Monday off Tony good planning um, and enjoy your day if that if you are in that category absolutely uh, but that has been the Axon Bulletin on this Monday the first time we've managed to uh, celebrate a cup final under Ange Postacoglu's reign it does feel as though we're on the cusp of something that could be pretty special uh, we'll be back obviously tomorrow we'll be covering the games all over the Christmas period and we'll have content out every day even when it's uh, Christmas Day etc we're working hard behind the scenes to get some pre-recorded material out on the channel so if you haven't done so get on the YouTube channel click subscribe, click the notification bell and get involved in what Axom is doing. All that's left for me to say as well as thanking everybody getting involved in the comments field is thank you to Tony Haggerty and Amy Canavan for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.